Okay. All right, guys. Well, we, I, we love having some fun here. What are we doing? We're, we're memorizing God's Word and letting that sink in and take root in our life and having some fun in the name of Jesus. And so I, I, just, I, just, I, I just love it. Okay, so let's read it together on the count of three, okay? On the count of three. Here it is. Here, let's put it up here. One, two, three. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. That's it right there. That's the word of God. That's what this series is based on. Listen, when we choose Jesus for ourselves, right? We can't choose Jesus for somebody else, but when we choose Jesus for ourselves. We go from creation to child, and child has the rights of the household. Child belongs to something bigger than themselves, right? They, they get to function in something, live in something, be a part of something, and it's beautiful. And that's what we are. That's what's represented here this morning, the household of God. Listen, um, let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump into the next part of our series here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here in your house. God, I pray, God, that your word would speak to us. God, that it would come alive, minister to us. God, help us to see, help us to understand, Lord. And God, would you do a wonderful thing? bring conviction, bring blessing, bring encouragement. Thank you, God, for what you want to do. Holy Spirit, have your way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, today I get to preach a message to you that I promised to you in the fall of last year. And in a way, I feel like I get to brag on us just a little bit. And later on in the message, we're going to look at even how the Apostle Paul bragged on the church just a little bit in the scriptures. And so I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is all for God's glory. Um, rarely, maybe, to, even to my, maybe even to my own fault, do I talk about honoring God with what he gives us, honoring God with our finances. And I think I don't teach about it much. And if you're here, you're like, when's the last time, Pat? Because I just don't really... And I feel like we teach it well in our growth track, and I feel like we talk about it on Sundays already, and so I don't really, but the Bible talks a whole lot about it, and so I feel like I get to brag on us a little bit. And, um, and so I am always blown away by our generosity. You guys, I don't know, as I sit down with the board of directors and we look at where's the direction of the church and we look at how things are going, I've sat down so many times and been like, wow, ask any of the board members. How? How are we even in this position? How is this happening? And we've been so humbled because we have such a, a culture of generosity. And, it, and it's, it's just amazing. And, and, and so today we're going to talk a little bit more about this. But I want to say this. One in five churches faced permanent shutdown during the pandemic. One in five. One in five faced a permanent shutdown during this pandemic. And there was others who were seriously looking like, hey, like we're going to try to make it, but I don't know how we're going to survive, but let's just keep going and trying to figure that out. And us as a church, we decided that not only were we going to take care of things here, but that we were going to help a whole lot of people during this pandemic and help a whole lot of other churches during this pandemic. We helped churches in the Sacramento region. We helped churches throughout Northern California. We, the one that most recent, we helped a church in Houston, Texas. 
We helped keep church doors open. We purchased computers, cameras, other equipment, and we went to their churches and we trained them how to even go online. We didn't even know how to do a whole lot of it, guys. It was rough in the beginning, some of you remember. But the little we knew, we shared the knowledge. And we went there and we trained church. We didn't charge. We said, listen, hey, here's a free computer. Here's free cameras. Here's free this. Let me just, let's just help you. We did that together. Do you know what that? And, and do you know what that means? That means the gospel is being preached in those churches. That means that the work is continuing to go on. Do you know in the middle of the pandemic, we sent one of our young adults to Korea to go work with students? We helped, we helped put together money to send her there. You know, during Christmas time when there was a whole lot going on over there in Korea, we sent extra money to go over there to help her in the work that she's, that she's doing. That happened right here. And, and all this time, we never missed sending financial help to any of the missionaries that we support around the world. We never stopped. Could you imagine church? Let me, let me pause here for you. You imagine churches at some point during the pandemic and they're struggling. They're having a tough time, right? And they say, hey, you know what? Are we going to pay for the, the Wi-Fi bill or the light bill or something? Or, or do we pay that missionary? And maybe I got to have a talk with that missionary and I got to say, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry we can't give it to you this month. We really got to meet this need here. But because of the culture that we have, we, that never stopped. There was never one need that was never met. That's, that's huge. And you think about here with local missionaries, during, during, especially during the winter, we raised a bunch of money. We raised a bunch of money. We purchased kits. We connected with our local elementary school. We got the teachers and the staff involved. We put together these things, and then we went out to go help the people in the community. And guys, as we were there, and we were walking from tent to tent, and underneath bridges, and, uh, and underneath in, in, in mud, and in tough places, as we were there, in our city, as we're passing out these kits, and we're praying for people, and we're laying hands on people, and introducing people to Jesus, and loving on them, feeding them, that was all of us going there. That was our generosity together and I, and I tell you to see some of these things and it's just incredible this is what jesus would do you know during covid we can't even count the amount of meals that we sent out to people during covid i mean doordash got to know us very like I mean, there was a huge spread in the local elementary school, and like all the staff got sick, and all the teachers got stiff. They couldn't even find substitutes for what was going on over there. And what did we do? We sent meals to all the staff, all the teachers, all the, everybody who was sick. There were people in some really tough situations, and there our church was. We've never waited till our church was going to be some great, yeah, when we become a great big church, yeah, then all of a sudden, then we'll go help. We've never waited for that. We, we've never, no, if we can help, we will help. And God sees all of that. We contributed to that. In our ministry here, all the unexpected costs, we were not ready to go online, all the facility costs, all the, the, the paid staff that we have, all those things were taken care of. All those things allowed us to continue to do the ministry here and meet the needs of people. Can we just one more time a round of applause? I'm...
And God gets all the glory. So in our church, we have this culture of generosity. We give to God. We honor him with our finances. And if you're new, don't feel any pressure. That's weird. You know, churches are talking about this kind of thing. And I rarely talk about this, rarely, if you think about it. But it's an important thing that we, that we talk about here. Because it's not just a few of us. There's so many of us. And it blows me away. I tell you, as I sit down with the board, I'm like, how? How are we in this situation? But you give, I give, and we watch God do some amazing things. We've watched him do some amazing things, all part, all part of, because all possible, because of the way that we're generous. Do you know that we even have teenagers in our church who give faithfully? I mean, think about that. Teenagers. You know that, that age where it's just like, hey, I'm just all about me. Can I, you know, you know, right? Teenagers, do you know that there are stories coming out of our Mosaic kids, how there's kids wanting to give offering with like their birthday money? I mean, just incredible because of the culture of generosity. God sees it all. So this morning, there are three moments in Scripture where we see people who are generous with Jesus. And they give what they have to him. We see the man who has the tomb where Jesus is going to be held for those three days. We see the lady who has the perfume who's going to just pour it all over Jesus and the disciples are going to complain because they say, well, that money could have been given in all these other areas. And she's like, no, I need to give this to Jesus. And then we see a man who has two donkeys and he chooses to give these two donkeys to Jesus. And this morning, we're going to jump into that passage, and it's a passage that, you know, we, we leave for Palm Sunday, and it'll just prepare you for Palm Sunday, because we'll be there in a few weeks. But we're going, to, we're going to jump into that today, because generosity changes everything. And so in Matthew chapter 21, and verses 1 through 11, if you have your Bible open, you can follow along in your Bible. Um, you could see it up on the screen, or it's in there in the church app, if you have the notes printed, wonderful. If you need any of that, please raise your hand, and we'll help you get that going there for you. But we're going to read verses 1 through 11, and it says this. As they approached Jerusalem, this is Jesus and his disciples, and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. The colt is the baby donkey. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Now, the prophet here is the prophet Zechariah, okay? Remember that name because we're going to come back to that later on in the message. Verse 5, this is what Zechariah prophesied. Say to daughter Zion, say to your king, see, see, your, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. 
Now here's this amazing passage, this special moment in Scripture. Often it's referred to as the triumphal entry. Jesus is preparing to ride into Jerusalem for the very last time. He's met by the crowds. People are worshiping. They're declaring who he is. And it's this special moment. And there are some prophetic things that are spoken about this time that must be fulfilled as Jesus is going into Jerusalem for the last time. And we see the generosity of someone giving his donkey to Jesus so that it can happen just as the Bible says it'll happen. You see, our generosity, especially together, can accomplish some great things for Jesus because it's never about us or me, but it's about Him and people coming to know Him. And so I want to share with you just a few things, our generosity together. The first thing that you need to know about your giving to God is that, number one, you know who you are giving to. You know who you are giving to. See, when you give, you're giving to God. That's the lens that we want to look through because that's what the Bible teaches us. And please don't let the outside voices come in that say, hey, you know what, you're giving to God, you're giving to church, don't you know they're just going to rob your money, they're just going to steal your money, where is that going to? That's, don't, even, don't even go there. Look, the pastor has a private jet and a plane. Man, I'm trying to... Trying to get a bike. <laughs> oh no. But we don't let those outside voices like into our lives. We give because we give to God. Well, God doesn't need anything true. But God chooses to use our giving to help do miracles every day. And, and, and when we do it and when we participate, we learn to trust him. It's like every area of our life, we're learning to trust God and, and we're, we ask God for the job and then God provides for the job and we trusted him for the job, right? Or, 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 or we're, we're waiting for that healing and we're looking for God to heal or we're looking for Or it seems like there's just walls all around us and we're waiting for God to open a door that no one can shut. And there's God, he just carves it open for you, allows you to walk right through. It was a wall. But God made a way out of no way, and it's in this process of learning to trust Him. And with our finances, it's the same thing. We're learning to trust Him. And on the other side of it, the people who are crying out to God, the people who are waiting for help or trying to figure it out, they're also trusting God, waiting for the help to come, and God gets the glory. See, we are giving to Him for His purposes in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17, it says this. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Now, let me park right there before that comma. Lends to the Lord? Like the creator of heaven and earth? You and I could lend to the Lord? How are we lending to the Lord? in our generosity, in our giving, comma, and he will reward them for what they have done. And as I prepared this, and I was seeking the Lord, I felt like this verse was our church. I, fe I, I felt like this is us. I feel like this describes us. 
Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they've done. I'm telling you, there are so many times I've sat down and like, how are we in this situation? You know what we've been doing? We've been helping people. No questions asked. You don't have to do, don't scratch my back. I scratch, no, 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 no. Do, do, do you need help? We, we can help. We ain't got a lot, but we, we give you what we got. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. We've been so blessed, but our heart has always been to give. The more we trust God with our finances, the more he reminds us that he is our provider. And when we're faithful to God, we declare that he is our provider. I want you to see the brother with the two donkeys, okay? Check this out. Jesus gave these instructions to his disciples in verse 3. This is this. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Who is the brother giving the donkeys to? To the Lord. Right, the disciples are the one asking, but who is he giving them? He's giving them to the Lord. This same passage in the book of Luke says it this way. In Luke chapter 19, verses 31 through 34, it says this. Jesus is telling the disciples, you know, go ahead, go get this donkey. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, say the Lord needs it. Verse 32, those who were sent ahead and found it just as he had told them. Verse 33, as they were untying the colts, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colts? They replied, the Lord needs it. There's no confusion here. He is giving the donkey to the Lord. He's not giving it to the disciples. He's not giving it to some other cause. He's giving it to the Lord. To who? The Lord. Why? Because that's how God chooses to do miracles. Because that's how God chooses to operate within his household. When you and I give, we are giving to God. And so the second thing that we need to know is that he's not asking for your horse and chariot. He's not asking for your horse and chariot. You know, some people think giving to God means that he's going to leave you without. You know, if I give to God or if I give generously or if I give faithfully, you know, if I make a decision that, hey, you know what, I gave one time, but if I'm going to do it again and I'm going to try to make this like a habit of my life, if I do that, God's going to leave me without because I'm just not going to be able to do it. I'm, 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 I'm not going to be able to do it. And, and God's not asking for your horse and chariot. He's not asking you to give what you don't have. But he's, what, he's asking you to trust him. And that's where he's asking of the man with the donkeys who has the donkeys out for him. I want you to see this in verse 2. It says this, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. He's asking that the man with the donkey would trust him. Listen, there's my donkey. My donkey is right here out front. Okay, uh, 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 but you're in time. What's going on here? Oh, why do you need? Oh, Jesus needs this? Okay. Je Jesus needs this. And when you give to God, you're, 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 you're trusting him. You're trusting that he knows what he's doing. You're trusting them that he's, that he's got you, that he's not going to leave you without. Oh, man, you know, if I, if I give to God, God is going to leave me without. And that's not it. That's not it. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 5, I want you to see this passage. The author of Hebrews is saying this, just says this, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. He's 
says that. But, but, but if I do that, how am I? No, no, I, I, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. God's got you. Why? Because you're giving to him. Trust him. You know, if we as humans can overcome, overcome this idea that we'll be without if we give, we'll learn to trust God more. Our faith will increase. You say, listen, I'd love to have more faith. I'd love to trust God. I'd love to believe God. But there's one particular thing that in a lot of people's lives, it's just so hard to trust. Like, how can I give that? Like, God, I'll trust you to do this, but I can't trust you with this. And it, it's one of those areas. The Apostle Paul, as I mentioned to you earlier, bragging about the church and their generosity, he tells the church this, and you got to go back and read the whole chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and you see how he's bragging about the church. But he says this in verse 12, for if the willingness, someone say willingness, is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Willingness, willing to trust God. God's not asking for what you don't have. He's asking you to trust him. You know, a couple of years ago, we were doing a compassion project like we always do, right? We, we raise money and we give it away to help meet the needs somewhere, someplace. We do this, right? We're always looking to help others. And so a couple of years ago, we were doing this compassion project and, and, and you know, I just got all excited. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to just personally, between my wife and I, we're going to give this amount to this project and i was excited and i was going to do it and and you know this is above and beyond our, our tithing right you tithe i tithe right I, it's not just because i'm a pastor so i don't have to give no i absolutely check my tithing record right and so i i i, I you know and so i'm like okay god i, I want to give this amount and so i was there and i was like and i just got a little bit discouraged all of a sudden just i don't know the enemy finds a way to creep in when you're trying to do something for god has that ever happened to you yeah right and so I'm there, and I'm just discouraged. I'm like, God, but how am I going to do it? I know I could do this, but I really want to give this much, God. It's just I'm, I'm just excited. And, and I got so discouraged that I, I got to a place where I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't even give. Like, I just, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't. I, I, just, I just need this stuff. And God quieted me for a moment and was like, son, give what you have. And I was like, Okay. I know, God, but I really want to give this. And then he was like, well, son, give it in payments. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And it was, it was, I was in a place where I needed to, to trust him and see him. Because this is what was on my heart, but how do I do it? How do, how do I accomplish that? Well, I, I just needed to, to, to trust him, to trust him. It was about me learning to trust God and knowing that I can't outgive him because he's got me. He's got me. See, the second thing that you need to know about your giving is that God is, is that God is, he, he is not asking you to give what you don't have. He's asking you to trust him with what you do have. Thirdly, thirdly, we get to take part in God's plan. And in a way, I think I've already said this, but I really want to drive this point home. Let me give us some perspective. In the Old Testament, there's a prophet named Zechariah. Zechariah prophesies in his ninth chapter how Jesus is going to come into Jerusalem. He's going to prophesy how he comes in in his ninth chapter. Zechariah is writing this 
500 years before Jesus shows up. 500 years. Not five years. Not 50 years. 500 years. Zechariah prophesies Jesus is going to come in in this particular way. This is how he says it's going to happen. You see, in order for this prophecy to be fulfilled, God had to use someone's generosity. What if the guy with the donkey would have been like, oh, Jesus, those are my donkeys. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'll get them back. I mean, does the story go that the donkeys went up there with Jesus and got arrested too and all that? No. He, you know, he used the giving of a man with a donkey to accomplish his bigger plan. See, this man got to play a part in the history of the world because of his generosity. You know, his story wouldn't even be in the Bible if he didn't give. What, what would he have missed out if he would have been like, nah. I'm sorry, Jesus, I can't let go of my donkeys. What are you going to do with my donkeys? Jesus, but, you, you know, uh, you know, everyone says that you always take everyone's donkeys and then and you use them to go buy stuff for yourself and, you know, like, what, like, we play a part in the miracles of God when we give. You know, remember at the beginning when I told you that there were three ordinary people who gave to Jesus, right? The guy with the tomb, the lady with the perfume, and the guy with the donkeys. Now, I want you to see what is written about the lady with the perfume in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 13. Truly, I tell you that wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in her memory. We don't know anything about her. Nothing we know about this lady. But we know that she gave to Jesus. We know that she was generous with Jesus. We know that the disciples, they couldn't see the faith. They couldn't see her generosity. They couldn't see her giving. But Jesus says, no, i got to give to Jesus. And Jesus says, I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. She gave to Jesus and therefore will be remembered forever. You and I, through our generosity, get to take part in God's plan. You see, so much of this message, and as I sought God, I really just wanted to affirm you. Because as I got emotional and I got just thinking about our church and thinking about where we are at and thinking about what we've been able to accomplish together and do together and the plans that God has for us, it got me a little emotional. It got me to a place where, like, God, us? We're us. How do we the church right there in the neighborhood? There's a railroad tracks there. We're kind of just in this area. God, who are we? Nobody knows us. Like, we're just, we're, just, we're just us. That's who we are. We try to help as much as we possibly can. God, who, if there's a need, God, you know, let us know. God, if there's an assignment, let us know. Just tell us, God. What do you want us to do? God, we'll do it. Who needs help? Lord, just let us know. And so much, I just wanted to affirm you this morning. Thank you so much for the way that you give, for the way that you're generous, for the way that you don't hold back. 
you believe God for miracles, and we've been able to do some wonderful things together. And God's not done. He's not done. There's some things that he wants to do in us and through us. I'm so grateful. God is good. The last point that I want to share with you this morning is that that you need to know about your giving is that God uses it to stir the city. God uses it to stir the city. You see, Jesus rides in to the city on a donkey. People are waving palm branches and laying down their cloaks and shouting Hosanna and worship is taking place. And it's this beautiful and significant moment for many reasons. And on Palm Sunday, and I'll, we're going to break it all down, and we're going to have a wonderful time. But I want you to see what happens as a result of all of this taking place. I'm going to see it here in verses 10 and 11. And, and, and it says this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee. Who is this? What are you about? Do you see the answer they give? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. They want to know why we do what we do. Jesus. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why have we going about what we're doing? Why do we pursue people? Why do we love them unconditionally? Why do we go and we don't ask for nothing in return? We just want to, because of Jesus. And he's done it in me and he's he's done it in you. Because of Jesus. Are you ready to see the whole city stirred for Jesus? Are are we ready to point people to Jesus? It might seem like one of those things, but I want you to see how our giving helps, allows miracles to take place. We do it together and boom, there we showed up. There goes little Mosaic Life Church. Except we don't know that we're little. We, We give and we show up and we're about it. Many of you know we have these plans to move to 95817. I don't know when. I just know that God has an assignment for us there. And I know that God wants to stir the city. And God wants to, God wants to, to use us to, to be a light, to shine a light so that many would come to know who he is. He wants to use us, not me. Not just you, but me, us together. Our church family, our local household. God wants to do it. So here's the challenge. We'll close with this. And, and then after that, we're just going to take a moment to pray. And if there's a need that's on your heart, there's something heavy, come and find Jesus at this altar this morning. Let God do miracles in your life. But here's my challenge before we get into that. The challenge is simply this. If you haven't begun to give to God regularly, trust him. He's never going to leave you without. Miracles in your, Watch God move. Just trust him. Looking at the wall, it's stuck. What? He's just going to carve a hole, let you walk right. That's how God works. Secondly, if you do give to God regularly, share your testimony and encourage someone else. I could have called up many of you today. You're like, Pastor, please don't call me up. But I could have called many of you up. I said, you know what? Would you share a testimony? 
of how God has met every need, but you've been faithful to the Lord. And so if you don't give to God regularly, share your testimony, encourage someone else, and let them have that blessing in their home. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. God, what you've done for each and every one of us, God, you've humbled us. God, where were we at? Lost, but you shined a light. You grabbed us by the hand. You welcomed us into your arms. You said, come be a part of the household. Come be a part of the family. Come home to where you belong. Come be with your brothers and sisters or walking it through together. Father, we're humbled. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love in our life. Thank you, Lord, for what we get to do, for what we get to be a part of, for God, for what we get to accomplish in your name together. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in each and every one of us. And God, and I know in many ways the enemy has this stronghold over culture and society that says, hey, don't give because look. But God, we know what your word says and what your word teaches us, and that's where we want to be. And so we trust you. We trust you, and we offer you the best. We offer you the best, God. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for what you're doing in us. We love you, Father. And God, if we're struggling to kind of take that step, would you help us? Together, may we do great things for you. With nobody looking around, maybe you're here this morning and you say, hey, I need to get right with God. That's the truth. I haven't been right with him. I haven't been living for him. I know it's time. I got to turn my life around and I just, I need to serve Jesus. I, I need to God to forgive me and I want to be right with him. And if that's you this morning and you just, you just say, I just, I'm, I want to make a commitment to Jesus. I want to get right with him. If that's you, quickly just put up your hand and then down. I see your hand. Thank you so much. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I need, I need Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the wrong things we've done. God, you know how it's happened and happened again. You know, God, how we have found ourselves so far away from you. But we need you. We need you. We need you. And so today, we repent from everything, God, from the lifestyle, God, from the words that have come out of our mouth, the actions we've taken for what we've participated in. And God, we just, we, we don't know what to do, God, but we're trying to figure it out, and we know that we want you.